This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Hi, everyone. This is All Possibilities. My name is Julie Chan, your host, and I am so excited to have you here today for today's episode. With me today is Jen Nash. She is an entrepreneur and a budding philanthropist who is committed to inspiring and empowering women around money. So that's a really juicy topic. Uh, Jen, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Julie. I'm excited to be here. So what's going to happen is we're going to get to know you a little bit about what you do, kind of how you got to uh, doing this work now. And later on, we'll be doing a mini intuitive reading, which I've already done for you. And that's all that's going to be really fun for for both of us. Awesome. So my background goes back to the dot-com years, and I did everything from commercials to radios to building websites for Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies like Citibank or TD Ameritrade or even the Hershey's company. Yum, chocolate. Um, And over the course of all these years, I had sort of two side passions. One was, believe it or not, real estate, because I... I'm worried long term about investing and investments, and I think a lot of people are. And then my other passion has always been my female friends and encouraging them to live their greatest lives, make as much money as they could. And over the years, my friends would always turn to me, should I buy this? How do I get that next job? Um, am I charging too much? Am I charging too little? What do you think about this? And I became that girl for them. And I loved it because I feel that together we motivated and inspired each other further. And you asked me about like, what was the pivotal moment where I suddenly was like, I'm going to leave marketing and I'm going to transition into doing this full time. Mm-hmm. It's the classic, I hired a life coach story. <laughs> So I hired a life coach last year and she said, come on in, let's meet. So we see if we can work together. And I sat down and we went through a bunch of exercises that she'd prepared. And one of the questions she asked me, which I thought was brilliant was, all right, close your eyes and just picture your life exactly the way it is today. And she, and she, you know, parroted back to me. It sounds like things are good with you. You like your life. You like your work. Everything is in order. And she said, now I want you to fast forward a year. Picture your life and picture it having not changed. 
And I literally just went cold. I was like, yep, nope, that's not going to work. I can't just keep doing this. And I booked a ticket to Laos in Southeast Asia (laughs) and spent two and a half months running around there uh, just doing a big reset. And I came back and launched uh, JenNash.com, which is really all about empowering women to feel more comfortable talking about money. And no one really owns the whole concept of discomfort around money. And yet every single person, specifically females that I meet, like get so tight when we talk about money. Does that resonate with you? Mm, definitely. I have, I have a huge money story <laughs> that I'm still undoing. Oh, no. Yeah. Would you like to share? Um, well, for, for me, I grew up in a low income family. So, so money, it was interesting because as a child, you don't notice these things. You just notice, you know, what you have, you notice, you you know, you have tantrums when, when you want something and your, your parents say no, but you don't quite understand why. Like, you, you know, what, what is the reason behind the no? So, so yeah, for me, it's been understanding how I had conditioned myself to not spend money on things that may be considered a waste or maybe considered a luxury because we were focused on, you know, the essentials, which for us was, you know, what you need and education. That was really the, you know, the, the, the method to climb up the socioeconomic ladder. So, yeah, I mean, this is the money story is a really, it infiltrates everything relationships too and and so i'm curious to to hear more about how how is it that you decided this was the time to actually start this company well i think when you realize you can no longer keep doing what you're doing and be happy i think you have to make a change and I'm genuinely passionate about this. Like it's so much fun to literally walk women through their past and like their past raises, take a look at the percentages, analyze where they were, where they're going and watch that little light go on where they realize, oh, okay, then I can just ask for this. And that's not only going to be okay, air quotes, you know, it's totally appropriate because I think we struggle with wanting to color within the lines because that is somewhat of a female conditioning characteristics, which is why women do so well in school. Mm-hmm. I think they're saying that, um, you know, now women make up most of the college attendees, something like 68% of college attendees are female. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at all the entrepreneurs, for instance, in Silicon Valley, the people that are getting the money are still the men. And that was really interesting to me. And I felt moved. I feel like the whole ethos right now is really pushing everyone to support women, though. I mean, Wonder Woman, you know, great timing for this movie when everywhere we're hearing about different initiatives that are supporting women and confidence. And I think that's the key thing. I actually am just starting to read a book called The Confidence Code because I'm in the process um, and and 
these will be these will be live and available of creating negotiation kits because there's no one place you can go where basically someone like me walks you through all the stuff you need to do, the research you need to have, and tells you the different kinds of conversation responses. So for instance, you know, they say, don't answer the question, how much do you make when you're talking to HR, right? Mm. Now in New York, it's illegal to be asked how much you make, which is fantastic news, especially for women, because typically we freeze, you know, and in that moment, we lose our power and we lose our confidence. So something like the confidence code, I think, gets to the heart of it. And when you're watching something like, you know, Wonder Woman, where this powerful woman is saving a village and it's shot by a woman, you know, featuring a woman who, by the way, did a lot of the retakes I just found out five months pregnant. Like, how amazing is that? Um, you know, I think we're realizing that everyone's becoming more aware and it's not just a wage gap situation. I mean, yes, the wage gap is huge. Although, by the way, it's, it's the smallest between white males and Asian women. Asian women earn, I believe, 81 cents to the dollar that white men earn. White women, it's uh, 60, 79 cents to the dollar of, that a white man earns. And then it gets increasingly less as the races change. So Hispanic and black is even less. Mm -hmm. But I think this is bigger than a wage gap situation. I think this is, you know, women just are not taught these sorts of conversations. And it was really interesting. I had a conversation with a very high level woman at a marketing affiliate company. She makes a lot of money. You know, she's, she's pushing 200,000 and her dad told her to go in and be nice. And that's how she was going to get more money. I think it's 2017, you know, when the father of a 30 something year old says, oh, go and be nice, you know, make sure you show them all your work, of course, but be nice. I think we're getting to sort of the fact that we're still stuck in a very antiquated mindset which is holding us back. And I think the fabulous thing about millennials is they're kind of not taking it. Mm -hmm. They're kind of pushing back, but they still need to know how to do it. Mm. And so I'm excited to like show the highway, <laughs> so to speak. Does yeah. that answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this makes me think a lot about mindset, as you mentioned, and beliefs, kind of what has been instilled into someone what they are hearing from the different people who are in their lives. In this example, you talked about someone's, you know, father. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, it's kind of all the voices that are still in our heads that maybe of, you know, our parents from a long time ago, it may not even reflect what they actually think now. So how, how does that play in? Is that kind of the first or the underlying root cause behind it? How do you see that? I think it's part of it, but I also think it's probably largely how females are socialized. I mean, we're still encouraged to be, you know, pretty and nice and not pipe up and not beat our chests. And I think I heard a great story about uh, venture capitalists who were allocating, I believe it was $10 million, and they were picking between two finalists. And my friend talked to one of the VCs when he came out and she said, how'd it go? Who'd you pick? He goes, well, it was really interesting. 
The woman, it was a man and a woman. They, the, they were the finalists. And he goes, the woman knew her numbers cold. She could run us through the company's projections backwards and forwards. She was impressive. And he said the guy came in and basically said he was the only person that could do X, Y, and Z because his background was ABC. And he basically just like said he was a superhero and that they should give him the money. Therefore. And the guy got the money. People want to believe in other people. And women have not been encouraged to brag. Like even the word bragging sounds negative when it's attributed to a female. You know, oh, she's brash, she's pushy, she's bold. Good news is I think all those things are fantastic. They make you an interesting person. <laughs> but we need to embrace that. And it's funny, you were talking about backgrounds um, and what attracted me potentially to being on your show. Mm -hmm. I was raised in a very interesting household where it was primarily Christian, but my mother was a lifetime member of the Association for Research and Enlightenment, which is commonly called the ARE. And there are AREs all over the world, and they do weekly book study, and they study the it's called Search for God. And it's founded by Edgar Casey. Do you know who Edgar Casey is? Mm -hmm. So Edgar Casey is one of the few psychics who I believe was indoctrinated into the Smithsonian because he did so much life-changing work focused around health and well-being, but it was all founded in his readings of the Akashic Records. Mm. So when I heard about that, I thought, oh, fun. You know, who who doesn't want a little bit more access or insight into the scroll that has your name on it? But at the same time, I think having had access to that sort of spiritual foundation, you know, creates a different mindset. I mean, the ARE is the kind of place where you can go for meditational weekends and workshops as an adult, and the kids learn to read auras. <laughs> We practiced ESP. It was pretty fun. And then, of course, we went to Bush Gardens because it's in Virginia Beach. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you're seven and eight and that's the kind of stuff you're doing, I think it opens your mind and probably to a large extent your personality. Mm, so that was how you grew up. Yes, that's how I grew up. Yeah. So that is not a typical upbringing. And I want to know more about how that impacted the choices you make in your life. So we'll do that after the break. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. 
find us at the Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Jen Nash. She is an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. So during the break, Jen asked whether she should be talking less during her own interview. So I thought that was an interesting place to start before we dive into her upbringing. So Jen, what what really brought that about? It's uh, it's such an interesting place to be where you're sitting on this side and you just feel like you're talking incessantly. But it's funny because I listen to podcasts. I'm, you know, a huge fan of the moth and monocle and entrepreneurs and things like that. And hopefully yours as well. Um, and people talk, but being on this side of the microphone, it definitely feels like there's a spotlight on you and it's somewhat uncomfortable. And I think it's interesting to have it highlighted back on me because this is exactly what I'm trying to talk to women about that we just need to sit back, breathe and accept that this is the moment for us to share or shine. And, you know, women really struggle shining. You know, boys are out on the baseball field when they're little and they go back to the dugout and they brag and they hoot in the holler. You know, girls will play sports, but that sort of, hey, wow, look at me. Did you see the thing that I threw past the third base? You can tell I do not play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just not necessarily in the female makeup. And I teach women that being a great interviewee actually requires a lot of listening. And typically the other person has a better time the more they talk. So, of course – being in a situation where talking a lot is what's called for is, is a little unique. So it's definitely, you know, you've put me on an edge. (laughs) Well, you're doing great right now. And I think the, the process of even talking about it brings that to light. And that awareness is something that I think as long as we settle into it and feel comfortable, and I hope that you feel comfortable now, because it is that that's just what life is all about. Thank you. Yes. Yes. It's, I appreciate this yeah. chat. Grow, growth in the little moments. So before the break, we talked about your upbringing and that's something I want to dive a little deeper into. So what was it like to grow up with ESP and reading auras that's not typical? And how did that impact you when you were young? Let's, talk, let's start there. Well, of course, as a kid, you know, similar to your story where you don't realize that, you know, your family didn't have a lot of money. Like I figured everybody read auras and um, we also learned how to do foot rubs and ear rubs for like tension release. By the time I was 10, I gave great back rubs. Um, I don't exactly know why they thought teaching foot rubs and ear rubs was a great thing. But I guess what else are you going to teach, you know, seven, eight, nine and 10 year olds? But, you know, of course, somewhere around 10, 11, and 12, you start, like, I would, I started to get into spiritual conversations. And I 
grew up in Asia and I went to French schools. So most of the people that were in school with me were French and most French people are Catholic. So the Catholics do not believe in reincarnation. You came, you do, you die, you're done. So uh, I used to get into some pretty amazing fights with girls in my class about well, that makes no sense. We're going to put all this work into our lives and only have one shot at it. How does that make sense? And they would just look at me baffled because, of course, you know, part of, you know, organized religion is you have to accept and embrace the dogma. And that's that's fine if that works for you. I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, my attitude was like, well, no, that doesn't work. People that believe in reincarnation have access, I think, to more answers to really hard questions. You know, Catholics, when you say, why do adults molest children? It's sort of the end of the conversation. Well, some people are bad. Some people are going to go to hell. Some people are going to go to purgatory. Whereas I think a lot of people who believe in reincarnation see it as um, uh, it's a learning opportunity. And your soul may feel very guilty for stuff that you've done in past lives. And if you can't forgive yourself, um, you come back with that guilt. And that guilt actually dictates some of your choices. And people, people sort of either embrace that or don't embrace that. But I think, it, I think reincarnation answers a lot of questions for many people. So how does that upbringing affect you now? So I don't have enough of a spiritual practice, and it's something I'm working on. I am really trying to commit to meditating every day for the clarity that it brings and the clarity that they say it will bring. <laughs> um, a lot of the teachings that, and I don't know if you've read any of this stuff, but a lot of Edgar Cayce's teachings basically support that daily meditation creates almost like a cleansing channel and all the stuff that sticks to you throughout the day gets washed away and we can let go, literally let go of negative energies um, that might be stuck to you. Um, I'm also, I think in my day-to-day -day life, much more aware of how our bodies work with our spirit, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, I'm a massive devotee of Carolyn Mace, who's a medical intuitive, and our bodies talk to us. And I'm so shocked when people believe that the FDA actually cares about our well-being. I get into interesting conversations around that on a regular basis. So I think being open to Edgar Casey, by the way, was a medical intuitive. He was basically, I mean, he was like the grandfather of medical intuitives, total rock star of that world. And most of his readings, if not, I think all of them were diagnosing physical and spiritual problems for people. Um, so oftentimes my whole life, like, thank God for the internet, you can just Google Edgar Casey and gas, you know, Edgar Casey and stomach pain, Edgar Casey and ingrown toenails. <laughs> you can really get amazing suggestions for how he would address stuff. Like there's a thing called glycothymoline, which I have in my bathroom cabinet, which is great for gargling with for all sorts of things. And he is a massive fan of castor oil packs for almost everything. 
and the stuff works to this day. It works. And it's, you know, $4 because they can't trademark it. It's, you know, it's a natural element. Um, so yeah, I think that answers your question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it affects really how you, I mean, every aspect of your life, health, how you, how you view yourself, how you have viewed your business and, and say, keeping you healthy is really the, the number one thing in order for you to do the type of work that you want to do. Yeah, I would say it's probably mind, body, and spirit. And while I am committed to my meditation practice, um, it, I find it very, very challenging. But at the same time, like gratitude, I'm a huge believer in thank you notes. And I feel like if you can stay grateful, and uh, that gratitude is a wonderful energy for health. And so... Yeah, I would say you're right. It's very holistic in terms of how it's affected my whole life, mind, body, and soul. So that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What we're going to do now is shift gears and go into the mini reading that I've already done for you. So how this works is I had your name and email address, and that alone is enough to, to kind of tune into the energetic imprint for you. And... I first meditated just to quiet my mind, and then I'm you know, fully conscious at my laptop and words come to me. So it's almost like dictation where I would hear thought impressions and then I would type them out. And sometimes I might see images in my mind's eye at the same time. Um, sometimes I'll hear, okay, it's time for an image, and I'll close my eyes and I'll actually see streaming video. And all of it is just... Um, usually it's a metaphor. I think the spiritual realm loves metaphors because it's so, it communicates so much complexity. And, and then I just keep typing until I, it, it finishes. So for everyone, I, it's around two or three paragraphs and I also get an action step. So this is something for you to reflect on, to uh, journal on, and really just to start playing with and engaging with. So so how this works is everything's written in third person. So it refers to you as Jen, as she, her, those types of pronouns, and refers to me as you because I'm the one seeing and experiencing all of this. Um, and for you, I asked, what is the highest guidance for her at this time? Which really means given everything that's going on right now, what is the one thing that I can share with you that can really align you with who you are on a soul level and that can help you move forward in whatever way uh, that is? Awesome. Thank you. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as you listen to it, just allow yourself to absorb um, Follow the imagery and you might you might have images pop up in your mind. You might have thoughts pop up in your mind. It doesn't matter whether they're related or not. Those are the types of things that we'll start talking about afterwards. Afterwards, just so you know, I will ask you, how does this resonate, if at all? Mm -hmm. And what does it bring up for you? So thoughts, memories, stories, emotions, whatever bubbles up. Okay. So for you, I asked... What is the highest guidance for her at this time? You saw a big tree, the kind with large trunks and many different layers in the canopy where you knew that wildlife lived. Each layer was like a story, the first floor, the second floor, 
the top floor. At each story was a hole in the trunk, where a family of squirrels lived. It felt like a really fun way to live, where family and friends were all within arm's reach, just up the stairs, or just down the stairs. You felt the kind of feeling you had when you were a kid, pretending in a treehouse, and viewing life through a completely different imaginary lens. What trips her up is when she loses this sense of wonder and togetherness, a kind of playful way of living, where the practical and the playful came together. Practical in that there, these holes in the trees were the physical homes of the family of squirrels, and it provided shelter, stability, and a source of food. Playful, because most of the time, all she wanted was to run up and down the tree, chasing after her friends. And so the image that I got is a continuation of this metaphor. It says, You saw the large tree, and it felt silent. Like nothing was happening other than the gentle breeze shifting through the green leaves. You notice different branches at different levels and clusters of leaves at every turn. Then you noticed sudden activity. It was like the tree came to life. Squirrels ran along the trunks and branches, chasing each other this way and that, their little claws rustling against the wood. Then it was silent again, and the tree was once again still. So the action step is to reflect on the kinds of playful, family-like activity that she has felt or wanted to feel. It is possible to have that when she focuses her attention on it. It only seems as if the activity isn't there. When she looks closer at the tree, she can notice it. So that's the end of the mini reading, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I will ask you, you know, what comes up for you, and we'll talk more about your reflections on the reading. We'll be right back. Thank you. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network 
a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. All right, we are back with Jen Nash, and I just shared the mini intuitive reading with her. So let's dive right in. And and Jen, how did it resonate with you, if at all? And what does it bring up for you? So thoughts, memories, stories, whatever bubbles up. Well, firstly, thank you so much for taking the time and, and gifting me with your reading. Um, that was lovely. Uh, I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to be shown pictures of playful animals and tree houses? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, I am, it's funny, like, uh, the playfulness aspect resonates very strongly with me right now. Two weeks ago, I am incredibly blessed to be very supported by, uh, an agency in Florida run by Jennifer Segalini. I call us the team of Jens because I have all these wonderful Jennifers who are supportive of what I'm trying to do. And I was on the phone uh, with Jennifer and uh, her agency is is called Flume Digital and they do a lot of great work. So I, I lean on her all the time for different things. She launched my website and you know, we're, we're working on my social aspects of how I'm going to reach people. And uh, I was talking about a process that I was really struggling with. And she said, you know, this doesn't sound fun. You don't even sound happy. You need to get back to happy, Jen. Because remember, that's why you're doing this. Otherwise, you might as well just go get another job. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, can you please go find happy, Jen? And tomorrow, we'll talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... She has a point. Um, I am really trying to stay focused on the happy squirrels and on the happy stuff. But it's true. I find life has a way of, I think, life and money. You know, life and money make people serious. And I have I have an inordinate and possibly unrealistic fear of aging without enough money. And I don't know necessarily where that comes from, but it's been something that's, you know, powered me forward for my whole life. I mean, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 29 and instantly knew that I needed to start investing in real estate while I had a full-time job in marketing. And, you know, since that time, you know, I have bought, sold, flipped, and, you know, renovated homes, small cottages, you know, like a tiny hotel, um, because I'm concerned that I won't have enough. And I think that seriousness really drags a lot of people down. Um, I think a lot of people probably also should be terrified. I've heard that most people don't have a month of savings. You know, most people in their 40s don't have a month of savings. Um, So... I think it's a really hard balance, especially if you have kids and mortgages and tuition bills and, you know, who doesn't have credit card bills? Everybody has credit card bills, but that stuff drags you down. So I think, I think it's lovely that the guidance hopefully is saying stay with the fun because the fun is nurturing and the fun will be sustaining. And hopefully that sustaining covers financial basis too. Because as much as I'm doing this um, for joy, 
And because I am super passionate about watching women nail it and come out of an interview and know that they asked for what they deserved and didn't just take what was offered, because that's such an awful feeling, you know, that's going to sustain me. But so is, I think, financial remuneration from this passion. And I see it. Mm. But yeah, hopefully life does too. Hopefully the tree will give me acorns. Yeah. And I think that's, that was part of the message was that these squirrels, and I think, I think squirrels even came up because they are so playful and you can't, you can't not think about them and, and be happy, (laughs) especially with the types of, you know, serious stuff you're talking about. So having that image in your mind and you can use it as a meditation tool too, Mm -hmm. and you can see it everywhere, you know, especially if you, you know, are around nature it's it's a way to to immediately get you back into that energy and the reading talked about the balance between practical and playful and that you can look at this tree as practical it is actually giving everything that these squirrels possibly need it has a little hole to live mm-hmm. in it's got the you know it's it's home it's stable it gives them the acorns that's how they you know survive throughout the year and that that practical side is there and that the playful side is what you can, I think you can focus on both of them, but to to realize that the playful side is part of you and that the more attention you place on it, the more you will realize you are, you know, you are running up and down the tree with these squirrels. Agreed. And I think the really interesting thing is um, I've been doing a lot of uh, research in the space, obviously need to know who's out there. And a lot of these people are doing a great job. And my attitude is anyone who's out there with this messaging, high five lady, keep going. The more the merrier. We need all of us to inspire and empower women to make more money so they can live the lives they want to lead. But at the same time, Money's scary. Money makes people uncomfortable. At the very least, if I can bring an element of fun, and I am kind of a wacky personality. I think most people who know me would be nodding right about now. I'm a little unusual. Uh, I'm very much myself, and I hope to bring that to everything that I do. And I think that that in and of itself is going to create segmentation, and hopefully in an awesome way. I mean, I would love people to be inspired and happier about what they were dealing with when normally we just get so tight and uncomfortable. So I love the squirrels. Bring them on. (laughs) Awesome. So at this point, we like to give our guests an opportunity to share um, either some words of wisdom or a cause that they really believe in so that our audience can find more about it. What is one cause that you want to share with our audience? It's funny this morning I was thinking, I know you, I knew you were going to ask that question. So I thought about it, um, ahead of time and I was like, okay, well, I'm really passionate about oceans and I support, you know, different sort of foundations that save clean, help the oceans. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's really what I'm going for though. I, I really, if I could leave people with a thought, it would be a nothing ventured, nothing gained personal motto that I think we can all embrace. And it goes to the notion that 
every day is so much more than what we're seeing. And if we just get sucked in to the paying the bills, you know, having to go around and around on the hamster wheel, I think we're all going to end up pretty lonely and somewhat in a world of despair because that life doesn't offer a lot of joy. It doesn't offer a lot of humanity, and it certainly doesn't offer a lot of connectiveness. So if I could leave people with one thought about something that I support, it would be all of us taking the time to meditate. And I know earlier I admitted that I struggle with this. I struggle enormously. Um, but, you know, I'm trying all the tools. I know everybody's really into um, Headspace and there's another app called Insight Timer and another one called Breathe. There's so many apps out there geared towards helping us just take that 10 to 20 minutes a day where we own that space. And the thing that I was thinking about recently that I find really amazing is when do we ever just sit, just to sit, like never, like we're never just not doing three other things, but taking that time is, is so amazing because it's a luxury now. Like with your phone and your family and your kids and all that stuff that's running around in our heads to create almost like a little line in the sand around ourselves and sit in that for the time that we allot every day. It's like an amazing luxury that we can almost be grateful for. And I think if more of us do that, we can together raise the vibrational frequency of the earth. I mean, that this is getting pretty big. But at the same time, we'll all be more centered and we'll all be dealing with each other in a more hopefully loving, kind, compassionate, awesome kind of way. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. You're quite welcome. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, that's pretty easy. I'm Jen at JenNash.com, which is J-E-N-N-A-S-H.com. And... Uh, I would love to help and support anyone who's out there thinking about perhaps a tough negotiation or they need a new job or they want to get a counter offer and they're not sure how to run that. Happy to help. Beautiful. Well, thank you for, for being on today's show. Thank you for offering your story and for for having the courage to start this business because it is what I think very, very needed. Thank you. And thank you again for having me here. This was awesome. You're welcome. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you've taken away a number of things from today's episode, um, but we'll, we'll take Jen's last word of wisdom, which is allow yourself to just sit, do nothing. And that nothing is probably going to give you more than you expect. All right. So thank you for listening. And until next time, keep looking out for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. 
Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.